We are I. Part two. So I'm at zero kilometers. I'm looking at this sign, this Confederation Trail sign. I'm looking at this church that's sitting right beside the very beginning of this Confederation Trail. And something that I've seen an odd amount of in Atlantic Canada some, that I didn't really expect to see was all of the churches and cemeteries. They're just, they're littered all alongside the road systems and in every single one of these little villages. It's astonishing that that many churches were maintained um, and maintained still to this day. Like a lot of these churches are a few hundred years old and not a couple. Like they're talking hundreds of these churches are a few hundred years old. Like that's the wild part about it. And I'm looking at it starts in this children's playground and I'm like, what a what a weird way to start a a, a run, walk, a journey, a path, uh you know, a pilgrimage is to be able to start it in a children's playground. I was like, fair enough. You know, so after we took a couple of pictures and I set my watch to run, then I was off. And my goal was really just to try to keep and maintain about a 620 pace, you know, which for kilometers is really slow. But when you're looking at the distance that this is, never mind, I wanted to spend an ample amount of time making sure that my body was warmed up. You know, I so I've been up for days now and like literally two days of no sleep and barely anything to eat. And I'm like, I've been sitting predominantly that entire time. My body needs some time to warm this up. So I'm like, okay, the first first 46K, which represents the zero kilometer mark all the way to O'Leary. This is like the first kind of stage of this. So I'm like, okay. I'm going through. I got this. And I'm running down this path and I'm in this little town of um, Tignish. I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, this is in the middle of the day and it's in the middle of the week. But it's kind of like in the more evening time. Why is there nobody on this trail? So I was like, you know what? Fair enough. After about five kilometers, I pass this one woman. She was just walking down the path. We give the pleasantries, the little head nod, and I keep on carrying on. Body's feeling great. About 15 km, I see this other woman. She's walking a couple dogs and clearly not expecting anybody else to be on this trail because I was almost right on her heels before she even realized I was there and had no headset in. Either that or I was just running that quietly um, and that efficiently, which, you know, is a good sign to me. Again, body's still feeling good. Outside air temperatures feeling great. It's not too hot. Lots of shade. Trying to run in the shade as much as I can. You know, like water on both sides, you know, of this path, which is just like irrigation ditches, but it helps kind of keep the path a little bit more cool. Very well maintained. Immaculate. Like there's just, there's nothing wrong with this trail or any one of the crossings. It looks absolutely beautiful. So I get about 20K, 22K down this trail. And all of a sudden, I see some people running at me. And I was like, oh, a little little running club. There's two sets of two people. And then there's another set of two people. 
So it's like, okay, well, you know, like obviously just kind of having a little bit of a an evening run together. You can see the the pairs that they're running style and their running speeds have naturally paired them up as. So I go by him the head nods and, you know, lo and behold, like a minute or two later, I feel these people coming back up behind me again. I was like, oh, they must have, were just doing an out and back, which kind of seemed maybe about, they've been doing five kicks. I know where I'm going and it's about 5K away and they clearly could have parked there. So I'm running along with them and, you know, the one husband and wife team and the wife reaches out and she's like, you know, like, hey, you know, like, where are you from? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm she, you know, going to break off this whole thing. And she's like, really? She's like, you're going all night? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go all night. She's like, well, do you want some strawberries? And I was like, well, I would love some strawberries. But, you know, I'm kind of worried about my calves getting a little bit too jacked up, you know, from all the carbohydrates. She's like, fair enough. She's like, I completely understand. And I'm like, but I'd love to have some water if you have some water. And she's like, well, actually, I have no water. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Not a big deal. And then this next group comes up right beside me. And then, you know, the guy's like, hey, like, did you say that you're running straight through? And you could tell this guy was the the leader of this running club. And he's like, oh, he seems almost kind of like offended that somebody's on his trail about to, you know, think that they could run the whole thing, like the whole 273 or just do the whole thing like consecutively. You know, maybe it's something that he's done and he feels that and tell me that he's the only one who, you know, can really do this or he's always wanted to do it and he's never done it before. I don't know, but he carries that attitude. And he's just like, well, do you have a support vehicle? And, you know, so I lied to him. I was like, yeah, I'm just up here. And he's like, good. You'll never be able to do it without one. I'm like, okay, fair enough. So the path makes a Y in the road naturally. So then I take the right and I'm heading to O'Leary. They head to the left to go to where their cars are parked. You know, they, this little fork where I know. The worst thing is as I turn around this corner, I realize I'm just headed back in exactly the same direction that I'm going in. And I start to feel a little hungry and I'm like, I'm trying to stave off this hunger. So I'm like, it's time to crack out one of these lobster roll sandwiches. So I, you know, as I'm running, I pull one out of my little camelback, which I should give North Face some love because it's actually a little North Face camelback. It's not an actual camelback camelback. And so I'm eating this little lobster roll sandwich. And I realize, you know, between this hot dog bun that it's on, this little piece of lettuce to help try to prevent, keep the hot dog bun from getting soggy and this lobster meat, they really aren't that good. For one, it's not what I expected in my mind. In my mind, when I envisioned, again, these lobster roll sandwiches, I wanted something on a, a crusty French baguette. So as I crunched into it, I could feel the crumbs dropping down all over my my shirt. And, you know, I knew I was making a mess. And you'd have to eat over a plate. And one of those things where you bite into it and you have to lean over real quick because you know that a mess is about to ensue. You know, I wanted the rich, creamy lobster chunk and shredded lots of mayo. You know, I wanted some chives in there, a little crunch of some celery. Like, this is what I envisioned in my mind what the sandwich was. And as I bit into this thing twice before I finished it, it was none of that. It was this soggy hot dog bun with not a lot of flavor and not a lot of richness. Nothing to write home about, nothing to want to experience again. So I eat that and I keep on going and I'm about 24. 527 kilometers in now and I'm like wow man that like didn't even touch my hunger and I'm like well I love a Snickers bar now you know just be able to kind of get that energy because I could feel my energy starting to rise and perk up I'm like wow that sandwich went a long way I'm like obviously my body definitely does need some calories right now so I'm like well if I have a 
if I actually wait like about another 10K and if I like 25K at this average, about 35K I have a Snickers bar and I keep, you know, adding this rotation and you know, I can get pretty close to 100 kilometers before I actually have to have something a little bit more substantial and I'll be two towns in by then. So I'm like, well, that's great. But I get, you know, another couple kilometers down the road. Like I said, I'm like, man, I'm like, I just, I can't save off this hunger. I'm like, I need to eat something else. So I eat this Snickers bar and oh man, like it tastes like a really good Snickers bar. You know, get that caramel line, that gooeyness that's running from your face back to the chocolate bar and that chocolatey peanut, whole peanut, the nougat, the everything's so good. Like Snickers bars, when you're hungry and you need calories, taste so good. The problem is, is that after about another kilometer down this, this path, I realized that my calves are starting to get extremely pumped. I was like, fuck, my Snickers bar was good, but Blake, you knew you should have only have ate half of it. You knew you should only ate half because your body, you know, entering those carbs from the bread into the body, you know, like they, they added that fuel, you know, but you also know that your body's going to start to attach water molecules to those carbohydrates. Your body's also, you know, once it starts to trap those carbohydrates in the muscle, it's going to trap that blood in the muscle. And having that Snickers bar really just tilted that process you know, right over the edge, especially since I ate the whole thing. And my calves just got like rocks, like literal rocks. Like you could fucking melt and beat iron over these things. They were so jacked up. And this is where the mind really started to creep in. So I'm like, well, I'm headed back in exactly the direction I came. Did I take some bad advice from this woman who said, you know, go this way to O'Leary? And I was like, fuck, did she lead me down the wrong path? Should I kept of going straight? I don't want to stop and break my rhythm and, you know, pull up my map. I like, man, I'm like, am I headed in the right direction? I don't know. But I'm like, well, if I look over there across the field, I'm a long way across this field from where the tree line even is. Presumably I was in that tree line. So obviously I'm going more in the opposite way of a wedge than what I realized. I'm not just running parallel to this other trail. I'm heading off on an angle. So I'm headed in a different direction, going to a different place. So I'm like, okay. Stay true to this. Get about 30K in and it's like the calves, the water bottle's empty now. The thirst is cre- is creeping in. The calves are just so jacked. Like I, I feel like I can barely even move my legs. I'm like, okay, I got this. Unbeknownst to me, I roll up into this little village that I wasn't even expecting to come across. And there's this gas station that was open. I was like, fucking great. This is exactly what I need. Grab two gigantic water bottles, a pack of fishermen's friends, and I was going to buy some beef jerky, but what fucking gas station doesn't have beef jerky? Well, this one. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to walk this little bit. I'm going to let the calves take a little bit of a break. You know, I'm 30-something kilometers into his low 30s, 31, 32. I can walk this out. You know, I got all night. I got all day. I got days, a couple days to be able to do this. And I'm like, okay. So I drink a little water. I'm walking down. I'm like, you know what, Blake? You, before you started this, and 10 years ago when you did the West Coast Trail, you were, you were irritated with yourself that, you know, you didn't stick to a, a schedule in your mind that, you know, like run five, walk two, or, you know, like give yourself the break. Even when you feel like your body's rejuvenated and ready to go, like give yourself a little bit longer because you have a lot of distance left to cover. Don't just go when you feel good. Go when you've given yourself enough time and your body's got enough time to recover just a little bit. So I was like, okay. 
So I gave myself five kilometers. I walked from 30 to 35 kilometers. And every time I see another kilometer mark, my body felt good. I was like, no, motherfucker, you wait until you see that 35. 34 came, and I was like, that's close enough. I was like, no, motherfucker, you wait. You wait until you see that 35. So I, that 35 came along. And I even tried to cheat this along the way, too, because I looked down at my watch, and my watch was about 500 meters faster than what the trail markers were. So I hit 35 on my watch before 35 on the trail markers. I was like, don't fucking cheat the system. Don't find ways to justify cheating the system. Stay true. You got long ways to go. You're only 35 kilometers in. You have 275 kilometers to do total. You have 240 more kilometers to go. Why allow yourself to think that you're fresh? Just go. Just do your thing. Just stick to the fucking program. So I'm like, okay. So I start, I'm like, I'm going to run one and I'm going to walk one just to get the body back going again. Because I feel good. Calves are still jacked. They're hard. But I'm like, Okay, if I keep this pace, man, I might be able to finish this thing in like 36 hours. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, stop thinking like that, Blake. Stop thinking like that. It doesn't matter when you finish it, just finish it. Focus on finishing it. Don't start, don't start gauging how you're going to feel in 200 kilometers from now, how you feel at 35. That's so fucking unrealistic. Run one, walk one. Run one, walk one. Just get your body back going again. You got fresh water. You've had lots of water. You've guzzled it down like you're rehydrated again. You got these carbohydrates in the body that you're trying to stave off. Get back going. Run one, walk one. So I run from 35 to 36, and I walk 36 to 37. I run 37 to 38. The problem is that every single time that I run, I realize my calves are getting so fucking jacked. So jacked. And after I finish running that last one in that sequence within the first couple of restarting my calves like they were painful if you could poke those fuckers with a pin they would have burst if you would have poked my calves with a pin all the blood from my entire body would have drained out from my calves that's how it felt like that's how i've never felt a muscle so jacked up in my whole life and i'm like well what do you expect you don't eat fucking snickers bars you don't eat shit like that and this is what happens when you do, like you know that those carbohydrates are going to pack that blood in your muscle. You know you're going to get a pump from it. You've done it before. You've done it in the past. And you've told other people to do it if they want a pump. Bodybuilders do that shit all the time. But now it's worked to your hindrance. So it's like now you have no fucking choice, but you have to run one, walk one. But now starting that run again seeing that next sign come up it's like no you need to go because you can't start fucking walking this whole thing now you have to you have to run one then the calves get so jacked up that like halfway through i'm like okay well maybe i should change it to 500 and 500 500 meters and 500 meters 500 meters a walk 500 meters a run and i'm like stop playing those fucking mind games blake stick to the program one and one well i get about 38 kilometers in, 39 kilometers in. I'm playing these real hard mental games now. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, not prepared for this at all. Thousands and thousands and thousands of the biggest mosquitoes I've ever seen in my whole life. Just coat my whole body. And I'm like, fuck. 
just by this like like the size of small flies like brutally big mosquitoes all those drainage ditches that are along the side of this trail that I liked before that were helping keep the trail cool. Well, fucking, what do you think those are? Besides the worst breeding ground for mosquitoes ever. So I'm like, okay, I can't walk now. I have to run. So before, I just wanted to be able to kind of tone it down a little bit, maybe take a little bit of a break because in my mind, I'm thinking if I take a little bit of a break now, knowing that I haven't got to O'Leary, if I take a break now, just give myself an hour, I'm going to let these calves relax. Now I have no choice. Now I have to fucking go. And the couple kilometers that I walked, I knew, I'm like, there's no way. I can't keep walking because as soon as I stop running, then about 30 seconds, I am covered head to toe in mosquitoes and I can't wipe these things off fast enough. And I have so many bites all on my neck, the side of my face, my hair, you know, like the back of my neck, down my arms, down my legs. It's fucking still 24 degrees outside I pull my fleece out of my bag and I put it on just to help keep the mosquitoes off my upper body I wrap my head I wrap my hands and it gets to be the point where I can't walk and I realize I have to be running at least a 630 pace not a 640 pace to outrun these mosquitoes because if I run too slow those mosquitoes will catch up to me but if I run just fast enough and I look behind me I can see these motherfuckers flying behind me in a swarm they're forcing me to run on these calves that I don't want to run on because all the, the only thought going through my mind right now is if I'm allowed to be able to take a break. If I can take a break for like an hour or two right now, I can get these calves to settle down because my mind feels good. The rest of my body feels good. I have supplies. I have everything that I need. I just need to be able to take the break, but these fucking mosquitoes won't let me. And I know it's 46K into O'Leary and it's like, well, it only seems like, well, what's another 6, 8, 10K? It's like, well, when your calves are so fucked up that you can barely walk. The one thing that I noticed when I was walking, you know, it made my calves feel a little bit better, but my hips started to feel a little bit broken. But when I was running, my, you know, hips felt great, but my calves felt way too jacked. So both of them had their advantages and disadvantages, but I couldn't walk because these fucking mosquitoes were all of me. And I'm not talking one or 10 or 20 or 100. I'm talking hundreds of fucking mosquitoes. And when you're the only thing out there to bite, there's no horses, there's no cows, there's no deer. Like literally, there's no deer on this island at all. Like PEI has been completely eradicated of almost all wildlife. Didn't know that until I went there. There's no other people on this trail for them to bite. This is just me and me alone. I'm the only victim out there of these fucking mosquitoes. At least if somebody was out there with me or if somebody went and ran past where there's other people on this trail, those mosquitoes may have been able to, you know, attack them or go as part of the swarm, go after them. So I'm like, okay, Blake, I'm like, it's about four or five more K into O'Leary. Your calves are so fucked right now. But you can't stop. You have to keep on going. You have to fucking go. And it's like, I know when the calves go that your ankles start to go after that because you're not getting proper dorsi and plantar flexion. And all you're really just doing is club footing the ground every time. So I can start to feel the ankles swell up, you know, in those low 40s. Now I only have a couple more kilometers to go. 
So I get wrapped around these corners. I can see, and every time I feel like I just can't run on my calves anymore, and I slow down for a second, I just get fucking attacked by mosquitoes. So I just start running again, and it's like, Blake, just get there. And you're just taking every bit of those resources in your mind. Just get there. Just keep going. Just get there. So I see O'Leary. I'm like, oh my gosh, great. And I see this Shell logo from a gas station. I'm like, oh, perfect. I can get some supplies. I can hang out in the parking lot, be away from these mosquitoes because obviously there's going to be no mosquitoes in these parking lots. Great. Walk in there. Well, what, what do you think is going on in a village at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because everything's closed, even the gas station. What time does it open up? 8 o'clock in the morning. 10 hours. 10 hours from where I'm at right now. So I'm like, okay, like you just need to get away from the mosquitoes. You have all the supplies. You just don't have bug spray. You just need to get away from the mosquitoes. Go lay down here on the ground. Get away from the mosquitoes. Nope, can't lay down there. Not on that grass. Can't be comfortable. Okay, go lay in this parking lot against this building. Keep your legs up in the air. Let some of the blood filter out of your legs. Go lay down on the ground. Laying down the ground for maybe two or three minutes, I start to feel my body go into shock. Just wild, uncontrolled vibrations and shivering going through the body. I'm like, oh, this is not good. You got to get up, Blake. You have to get up. No matter how fucking broken your legs feel, you have to get up. There's no other way. So I get up, I start walking around. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, like I can't quit. I don't want to quit. Like, I can't just go start walking down this trail because I'm like, it's 56K to the next the next town. And even if I do come across another village along the way, it doesn't mean that any of these villages are going to be open. Nothing's going to be open. It is, you're committed. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, Blake, you are committed to doing something until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. So I start researching hotels. I'm like, even if I can just find a hotel that's open, maybe, maybe I can pay some kind of small rate just to hang out for an hour, like 20, 30 bucks. Don't even have to use a room. Like, just let me sit in your lobby just to get away from these mosquitoes and just let my body take a break. Nope. No motels. No motels. I'm like, okay. Fair enough. What do you do now? So, okay, I just, I need to sit down. I need to give my ankles a little bit of a break because the ankles are really starting to swell up. Sit down probably for 30 seconds, maybe a minute, more likely 30 seconds. Shock starts to set in in the body again. And I'm like, well, here's what happens after being up for 48 hours. Here's what happens having multiple delays on a plane and landing in different cities. Here's what happens to not eating. Here's what happens starting a trail half a day later than what you want to start it, you know, in preferred situations, then showing up on location, you know, a whole day late. And I'm like, what are you going to do in this town? So I see that there's this gym of all places. It's like in a, in a garage, I hear music playing. I see this person in there working out. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I know it's closed, but it's a woman inside. And if I knock on the door, like, fuck, I'm in this small village in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't want to bother her. Like, what if she thinks that, like, I'm some fucking creep or I'm, you know. So I'm like, you know what, Blake, don't even get yourself in the position where this could really go wrong. I'm like, don't even. I'm like, okay. So this whole time at this Tesla station, there's these two guys that have been sitting in their trucks, bullshitting window to window. And finally, I just walk over to them. I'm like, after about 45 minutes of being in this town, 
and walking there. I'm like, look, guys, where does this highway go down that we're on right now? What does it intersect with? And how can I get to Summerside? Because this trail comes out at Summerside. I'm running the trail. I'm going all night. I just need to be able to keep on going. But the fucking mosquitoes, I can't go down this trail. I'll take the highway instead. I'll hop back on on the trail down there, you know, in the morning time. And they're just like, yeah, they're like, PEI is known for their brutally large fly-sized mosquitoes. They're fucking ruthless. He's like, nobody would go out on that trail at night. And he's like, if you think where you came from in Tignish to O'Leary, the mosquitoes were bad. He's like, it's way more swampy from O'Leary down to Summerside. And I was like, fuck. Like my, like my eyes just bugged out. My heart just sank. I was like, I am so glad I didn't try to like tough it out and go down there because on these trails there's no cell service on these trails either because there's barely cell service in any of these villages so these two very kind gentlemen like we map it out we're going through it they're on google maps i'm on google maps we're talking through it and i'm like okay it's 4k down to a tim hortons this is the intersection of these two highways and highways i use that liberally they just are paved roads and the guys like that the Tim Hortons is closed, but he's like, you can walk through the drive-thru. They'll still serve you. He's just, And I'm like, perfect. I'm like, I'm going to grab a coffee. I'm going to fill up my water bottles. And I'm going to keep on going because it's only 45 kilometers from there into the city that I want to get into. And I can I can walk that. Even though no matter how fucked up my calves are right now and how beat up my ankles are, I'm like, I can walk that. Because again, all I have to do is just get to sunrise when that sun will just beat those mosquitoes back down into the earth where they belong. So that's all I need right now is just, I need to rest, but I can't rest if these mosquitoes are literally going to fucking eat me alive. And now I need the warmth of the sun so that my body doesn't go into shock and I die from exposure. And it's still like almost 20 fucking degrees outside. So I walk down and I get to this Tim Hortons and I'm walking through the line and I'm standing there collecting my my meat that I ordered, my bacon and my turkey, the shit bacon, shit turkey, my double espresso. They fill up my water bottles for me, and I'm about to go sit down at the little table out front, and this, this lady pulls up, and she's like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, are you walking? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm running the trail. I'm like, I'm actually going to walk from here to Summerside, and she's you know, because I'm like, the fucking mosquitoes on the trail are so bad. I'm just going to fuel up here and keep on going through the night. And she's like, are you, are you crazy? She's like, do you know how dangerous that is? And I'm like, well, you know, like dangerous to you. But I'm like, I do shit like this all the time. I completely understand. She's like, please let me give you a ride. And in that moment, I was like, interesting. This woman in this small village on this tiny island in Canada no idea who I am, but offers me a ride. Like, this is her level of concern for me. But what goes through my mind also at the same time is, okay, so I get there in 45 minutes by car, but what do I do then? It's still going to be nighttime. I'm still going to have to keep on going regardless because I can't just stop because my body's going to go into shock and my calves and my ankles are jacked up. I got to keep on going and I got to get away from these mosquitoes. So I'm like, I can't stop. These mosquitoes are going to eat me alive no matter what I do. So I'm like, you know what? Thank you for your offer. I really appreciate it. You know, but I'm like, I just need to keep on moving because whether I get there quicker, I'm still going to have to keep on going then. 
So then as I am start walking and she drives away, and I'm walking down this highway, and at the beginning there's a few more cars, because again, this is only around like maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night. You know, but now we're getting into like the later hours of the night, you know, like 12, 1, 2 o'clock. Yeah, I'm trekking down this highway. I abandoned, like I said, running a long time ago because like running on pavement anyway jacks my knees and my ankles up. That's why I trail run. You know, I start to head down, downhill really fast. Like my fucking ankles are just brutal. My mind is still good. The rest of my bicycle, but like my knees and my ankles are so bad. They feel so, they feel so bad that from one o'clock on, I walked backwards. They were so fucked up. The only thing that let let a little bit of reprieve off is walking backwards. I was like, fuck. So I walked backwards predominantly for an hour and a half. While I'm walking and it's in the middle of the night and there's like no cars anywhere, like the odd car, like very infrequently. And I started to hear these voices in the bushes. And I'm like, what in the fuck is that i'm like it's like a bear and it's like but there's no bears there's literally no bears on this island it's like okay but oh it's people i can hear them i can hear them laughing i can hear them whispering and giggling like i could fucking hear i'm like how are these people following me through the bushes like this is crazy so i'm shining my light into the bushes you know, I'm walking, I turn around real quick, shine my light, okay, don't see any any glowing of any eyes. I turn it back the other way, back down the other side of the highway, don't see any glowing, any eyes. I'm like, fucking, I'm like, but I can hear these voices. And it's just, fuck, it's loud, it's so loud, and it's so dark, and I've watched the moon come up, and it's going all the way across the sky, and it's like three quarters of the way across the sky, and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I gotta be getting close to this down. I like just the time I'm like, it's got to be morning time soon. So I look down at my watch. My fucking body's so broken. Being chased by these fucking people in the bushes. And I look down at my watch and it's like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, I have a long time to go. And I'm like, I'm in really bad shape. And I was like, you know what, Blake? I'm like, this isn't... You've been lying to yourself now for hours. You've been lying to yourself that, you know, like that this is a good idea. You're lying to yourself that you can do this. But it's like, no, Blake, you weren't. You know you need the break. You know you need to lay down and take a rest, but you can't, these fucking mosquitoes. Now you can't because your body keeps going into shock. Anytime that you stop for more than a minute, your body goes into shock. You literally could fucking die. Like, no, it's not that you don't know what you need to do. You, it's not that you don't know what's good for you. It's just you fucking can't. You're at the point now where you can't. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I. it's time to get called and get picked up. So I try to make a call. No cell service. Fuck. I have no choice. And these thoughts are creeping into my mind. I'm like, no, no. Stop fucking creeping into my mind. You have no place in my mind. Stop creeping into my mind. You have no place there. You don't belong there. You are going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay because you can fucking walk there. Even if it takes you all night, you can walk there. And I'm like, well, 
you know, like this lady, like she was willing to be able to pick me up and give me a ride. Maybe somebody will just randomly stop because they'll feel the same way. Odd car goes by, nobody stops. Then I started to think, I'm like, well, this was supposed to be like a pilgrimage. Maybe a part of this pilgrimage was relying on the kindness and the generosity of local people. Like this woman, like this woman in the middle of the night is going to pick up a male stranger and say, I'll give you a ride. That is a part of a pilgrimage. Fuck, Blake, you fucked up. Oh, no, wait, Blake. You fucked up even more. You didn't realize that at that time. When you were in O'Leary before you even got to the Tim Hortons, before you got to this position that you're in now, hours and hours now further down the road, kilometers and kilometers and kilometers more down the road, all you wanted was that same fucking hour. This woman was willing to be able to give you that hour in the car that you wanted back then away from the mosquitoes and to give your body a break, but you're too fucking stupid to realize it. Oh, Blake, I think you're in worse shape than what you realize. You should have recognized that at the Tim Hortons that yes, even if it cut down the distance, because that's all I could think was, if I don't do that, that distance, you know, I'm going to fail. I set out here to be able to do the 273 if I shave off 50 something kilometers of that, 56 kilometers. Well, now 43 from the Tim Hortons summer side. I'm like, that's not going to be an accomplishment. But again, fuck, you don't even think it's straight. Like, there's still 230 kilometers that you'll do. Never mind, the end of this doesn't even end up at the place that you're staying. You could easily make up for another 25 or 30K if you wanted to at the end to be able to get to the place where you're staying. There's opportunity there. Make a fucking good decision now. I'm like, oh, I start to see. You know, where like the the shock, the fatigue, it's really starting to set in. It's like, I'm making some good decisions. Like, hey, don't go down the trail. Stick to the highways just in case if anything bad happens. You're away from the mosquitoes. Emergency services could be there. People could be there. Stick to what's safe. So I'm making some good decisions here. So I know if in that state, I have the capacity to be able to make some good decisions. But are they the best decisions that could be made? Well, no, not necessarily. I've proven that. I've proven that because again, like what a great what a great portion to the story to be able to fucking add is just as an unknown variable as the mosquitoes are, is this woman willing to be able to pick me up and give me a ride because she's just like, what you are doing is fucking insane, especially at this time of night. It's not safe. Like, okay, fuck. So now I'm standing here at this apex of being like, you know what, your body's so fucked up. You're delirious now because you think you're hearing voices in the fucking forest. That's how delusional you are. You think you're hearing human voices in the forest. They're ducks. But you think it's people laughing at you. It's like that's the fucking delirious state that you're in. That moment I realized how bad it was. So I call and I call and I call. Finally, I get a hold of Alyssa and I'm like, hey, I'm like, I need you to come pick me up. I'm like, don't worry, things are okay. But I need you to come pick me up. She's like, okay. And this is at 2.30 in the morning. She's like, I'm like three hours away from you. And I was like, holy fuck. That's when in my mind I realized I was like, okay. There's a real decision to make here. Do you ask her to come pick you up? Or do you keep pushing on for another three hours? Because you can't stand here 
in a spot and wait for three hours. You have to keep on going anyway. In three hours, you're going to be in that next town. I'm like, okay. So she wakes up, hops in the car, gets a car and drives, calls back. We can't really talk to each other because this, the call keeps dropping is the lack of cell service. So we're sending voice notes over WhatsApp, realizing that she's out of gas because she didn't plan on having to come pick me up in the middle of the night and was going to get gas in the morning and there's no fucking gas stations open. After 30 minutes on the road, she runs out of gas and has to call BCA. They're 45 minutes away. So now BCA is 45 minutes away from putting gas in the car. She now has to divert to try to find a gas station along the way. And then come pick. Now we're talking lots of hours. I'm like, this isn't good. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to freak her out. So I get off the phone with her. And I'm like, okay, Blake, put the fucking humble pie in your mouth. Take a bite down on it. You need to call fucking a cab. You need to call a cab or you need to call somebody. You need to call something and come pick you up. Can't get a hold. They can't. No cell service. I, I'm calling. It's connecting, but nobody can hear me. Nobody can hear me when I call. So I'm like, fuck, what do I do? So I called 911. So I know emergency calls, they will work pretty much no matter where you're at. For whatever reason, you'll get a connection. I call 911 and I say, hey, look, I don't necessarily need an ambulance. I don't necessarily need a police car. I need you to call a cab for me because I'm in an emergency situation, but I don't need emergency services. I just cannot place a call any other way. She's like, okay, where are you coming from? And I'm like, I could, at this point, I'm so fucking delirious. I can't even remember the name of the town where I started. She's like, where's your car? And I'm like, my wife has the car. And she's like, well, where is she? I'm like, she's ran out of gas and I don't know what town she's in. She's like, well, how far is she away from you? I'm like three hours away. And she's like, what? She's like, she's like, where are you staying? And I haven't even been to the place where I'm staying yet. And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm staying. I'm like, I just got here today. So I realize how she must think that she's talking to somebody who's completely fucking whacked out on drugs. And she's like, look, she's like, I'll connect you with a cab. If you can't get them to come pick you up, if you can't get a hold of them, call me back. And I'm like, okay. Text me with the cab. Cab guy can't understand me. We we battle back and forth of the phone cutting out and dropping for about 10 or 15 minutes. I'm trying to explain to them this same story. I'm trying to explain to him where I am. He's kind of grasping. It doesn't really get it. I can't fucking figure out why because I'm like, I'm giving you decent enough landmarkers. Like drive north of Willingdon. I'm in between Willingdon and O'Leary. Just fucking just drive. Send a driver. I will flag them down. I'm walking down the highway with a fucking headlamp on. She's like, I'll send somebody. But he's like, don't hitchhike. If you hitchhike and somebody picks you up and I send somebody out there for no reason, I'm going to be fucking mad. I'm like, I'm a man of my word. I'm not going to flag down anybody. I have money to be able to pay. Don't worry. Send somebody out. He's like, look for somebody in a blue Honda Civic. They'll be there in about half an hour, 45 minutes. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, okay. Keep on going, Blake. Another half an hour, 45 minutes. One foot after another. Again, walking backwards because I can't fucking walk forwards anymore. Now I know that there's people coming. People deployed. I made this decision. People are coming. It's giving me a little bit more life, but just enough knowing that I have to stay. I get to this 
major intersection of this these two highways where the Confederation Trail crosses the highway. And I'm like, okay, I know where I'm at. I can call the cab company back. I'm like, this is where I am. I'm where the Confederation Trail crosses the number two highway for the first time. He's like, okay. He's like, the cab's on his way. He's like, I'll tell him where you're at. Look for a blue Civic. It's like five minutes later, I see this blue Civic fucking rip by me. And I'm like, holy shit, that was like 30 minutes faster, 25 minutes faster than what the guy was supposed to be here. Because now he's gone. I'm like, why the fuck did this guy stop? How did he not see me? Appreciate the speed he's driving at, probably like 120, 130. Appreciate him trying to get to me fast, but why didn't he stop? So I called the cab guy back real quick and I'm like, hey, I'm like, your driver just drove past me. And so I see these brake lights and I'm like, okay, sweet. Fuck, he's radioing. Guys, turn around, coming back. Guys running, he's just excited. I could even hear him and see him accelerating. As he's coming at me, I'm like, what in the fuck, man? Like, slow down. How can you not see me on the highway? So I'm starting waving my arms and flagging him. He goes, what a kilometer pass hits the brakes. Turns around and comes back. Starts driving to me. I go walking up to the car. He starts reversing. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, what do you need? And I'm like, well, a, a ride. I'm like, I called Blue Honda Civic. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, my cab. He's like, I'm not a fucking cab. He's like, I was just dropping off my girlfriend down the street. And I'm like, holy fuck, what are the odds that on this highway in the middle of the fucking night, there's two blue Honda Civics out on this road, and I flagged down the wrong fucking one. So I called the cab company back like eight fucking times trying to get a hold of this again. The cell service is so bad. And I say, like, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, I apologize. Your driver didn't drive by me. I know you already probably told the other driver to turn around, but I'm like, this guy, it was a blue Honda Civic. I thought it was your guy. Please tell your guy to keep on going. Then his driver calls me. He's like, hey, man, where are you? And I'm like, this is where I am. I just flagged down this blue Honda Civic. I thought it was you. It wasn't. Luckily, this cab driver was a great guy. And I'm like, okay. So, fuck, I'm standing there at this corner. I'm like, I can't move from this corner now where this junction is. So, I got to just stand here and do high knees as best I can. I got to do leg kicks. I got to do some squats. I got to do some jumping jacks. I got to wave my arms. I got to do something to be able to work through the next 20, 30 minutes until this cab driver shows up to be able to pick me up. I'm like, okay, fuck. I'm okay. I'm okay, Blake. You got it. Stay strong. Like, even if things go completely fucking wrong now, Somebody's going to find you here. You told people you were here and lucky that you weren't on the trail because if you were on the trail and all this was happening, nobody would be able to come get you. You can't call a cab company for a side-by-side or a four-by-four or a quad. You can't. Never mind they have gates and guardrails at all these crossings to be able to prevent people from fucking going down those trails like that. And you don't have your spot to be able to deploy an SOS to get the fucking... Um, search and rescue to come pick you up. If you would have went down that trail, if you would have got bug spray, if that gas station, if that shell station would have been open, you got that bug spray, and you were going through this on that trail in the middle of fucking nowhere, you probably would have died. You probably would have died. So it's a blessing that that fucking gas station wasn't open. A blessing that that gas station was not open. And it's a blessing that it's just at a point where I, for somehow, some way, could get fucking cell service because if I would have went a little bit further, who knows what those consequences would have been. 
Who knows? So this cab driver is taking me back in. Like we're talking, it's five o'clock in the morning now. And I'm like, I'm like, nothing is open. The only thing that's open is the hospital in Summerside. Just take me there. Alyssa will meet me there. She'll pick me up from there in a couple hours. I'll figure out what to do. But I'm like, I don't want to check myself. Things they're going to hold me overnight. I'm like, I don't want that. How can I cheat this system? So eventually, once we get to the hospital and, you know, I realized that she's just filling up with gas with this BCA guy. It's still two hours away from where I'm at right now, or we can drive to meet at the same gas station and we're both the same about 45 minutes away. So I'm like, fuck it. What's a hundred bucks at this point? What's a hundred dollar cab ride? So I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's go. Take me into, take me into Charlottetown. Let's go to this gas station. Okay. He doesn't care. He's like, you're my last fare tonight. He's like, this fare is going to put me past the mark that I was going to try money. I was trying to make tonight anyway. And I was like, okay. So we sit there and we actually have a great conversation. I find out a lot about this guy, but I all at the same time have the, the capacity now to be able to actually disseminate what I've been through and realize at this fucking time, this is the part that irritates me riding in this guy's car that after about 45 minutes for an hour, Knowing that my body still felt broken, the cab still felt broken, the ankle still felt broken, the body felt good, the mind felt okay. I was exhausted, yes. There's no doubt about that. But that time in that car, being able to give my body time to be able to rest and have that break, would have been about the same amount of time as it took for this woman to drive me from the Tim Hortons to Summerside where I was going. And it had given me enough. It freshened up my bite, staved off the, the shock. It got me past that. It got me past the point where the shock had exited my body. Like I, my body gave up. I didn't have to be so fucking guarded. I didn't have to be so tense. I didn't have to be chronically stressed about these mosquitoes. I didn't have to be forced to be able to run. I didn't have to like pound my feet another fucking step. I didn't have to walk backwards to be able to keep on going. I didn't have to convince myself that I might not fucking die out here. I didn't have to convince myself that, you know, these voices were real or not real in the bushes. These human beings chasing me through the fucking trees while I'm walking down the highway. All that was gone. Safety was there. Comfort was there. Which is the same thing I could have got if I would have just got in that woman's car and she drove me into that town and then I could have kept on going from there. So a lot of lessons learned. I'm sure that along the way of explaining part one and part two of this story, that you can start to carve out some of the lessons that, you know, maybe I should have learned along the way or didn't have the capacity to be able to, but you know, trust me, all all not lost on me. I've had a lot of time now, days to be able to think about like how all of this, all of this kind of comes into play. But not only my life at that point in time, but like my life in general and how I perceive things and analyze things. And the one thing that I was saying to my buddy Pete this morning was, you know, I really do honestly think that I have created this mental fortitude that is too strong. It puts me in a place where like I have too much capacity to be able to push myself too far mentally and emotionally like i can i can harness that is that good is it bad 
The only thing that I can say is it's good when it's good and it's bad when it's bad. And that's that's real. That's the real part to it. But part three, that's going to be me talking about some of the lessons that I learned, which I'm sure that, again, you can kind of put two and two together, some of the things that I learned along the way and some of the things that I'm going to change uh, for next time or, you know, just in life in general. But again, learning experience one-on-one, the whole thing is, like I say, got pretty close to 85K. It was just just under 85K, roughly around there, but still almost twice as fast as what I did 85K for my uh, 30th birthday, roughly around those numbers, you know, 80 to 90K um, between the 30 and the 40th birthday. And it's interesting I'll leave it at this. It's interesting to feel like you failed when you did about 85 kilometers or something after being up for two days. That's an interesting juxtaposition. Interesting, interesting part to analyze. 